0: Meet the new Yelp at restaurants.yelp.com forward slash podcast. Now here we
1: go. I know that restaurants paying a hefty amount to delivery companies these days up to 30%, which is crazy. Nobody is making 30% margin on <laughs> in the restaurant world. And Correct. we're basically offering a delivery that makes sense for everybody.
0: Welcome to Full Comp, a show offering insight into the hospitality industry, featuring restaurateurs, thought leaders, and innovators, served up on the house. Hey, it's Josh. Do you want to spend 60 minutes planning out a profitable 2022 with me? Just you and me, on Zoom, camera on, pen and paper out, getting you super clear on exactly what your goals are and how you're gonna achieve them. It's free, even though the call is worth like a gazillion dollars. Go to planwithjosh.com to book that call with me. That's planwithjosh.com to book a one hour strategy session to make sure that 2022 is your most profitable year yet. If you had a crystal ball and could see the future of our industry, who's delivering the food? Did I say who? I meant what? What is delivering the food? No, this isn't going to be a show about autonomous automobiles traveling at one mile an hour down the sidewalks in your neighborhood, because I just don't see that as getting the job done. Today, we're talking with Yared Bash of Flytrucks, a company using aerial drones to deliver food for restaurants in the United States today. Together, let's take a peek into the not-so-distant future of food delivery.
1: So I'm an electronics engineer, originally. Spent almost a decade working for the Israeli Ministry of Defense, so doing some cool things. Then I decided that I want to send an unmanned spacecraft to the moon. And oh, wow. I actually, yeah, opened a not-for-profit called Space IL, is in Space Israel. We raised more than $100 million in donations, built a spacecraft, and that was the first time anyone launched an interplanetary mission as a private entity. I mean, until now, only the United States, the Soviet Union, and China made it to the moon. So uh, wow. we tried doing the same as a uh, small not for profit. We ended up landing a bit faster than expected 2000 miles <laughs> per hour instead of 10. <laughs> so uh, you could say we uh, you know, we landed a few thousands of small spacecrafts, but there was no after image of the landing. There are a few of the uh, before. You can Google it. You can find it in seconds. Uh, it's called Space IL. And simultaneously with that, That's a not-for-profit, so together with that, when I started and me and my co-founder at Flightrex, Amit, we were flatmates. We shared an apartment in Tel Aviv, and then we started dating two uh, medical students. They were married to two physicians, and we started playing with drones, Mm -hmm. and to make a long story short, we realized that the uh, killer application for drones is going to be drone deliveries. And we started focusing on that in 2016. Uh, In 2017, we were the first company in the world to deploy a backyard delivery system in all places in Reykjavik, the capital of Iceland. Uh Uh, Working with a local uh, on-demand company over there. In 2018, we got accepted to the FAA's, the Federal Aviation Administration Commercial Drone Program, together with partners such as Amazon and Google and UPS and a few other small companies just like us. And today we're operating three drone delivery stations in North Carolina, servicing uh, more than a dozen restaurants in those locations uh, and a few uh, thousands of backyards. And we're nearing the certification process by the FAA. It's a 5 years process, no shortcuts. Our system looks like a drone. It's actually a certified commercial airplane. And it has to go through the entire process, yep. And we're uh, expecting to grow pretty rapidly once we have the federal approval. Uh, Hopefully, we'll we'll see a lot more drone deliveries, and we can talk about the pros and cons. And uh, people are afraid about a lot of things when they hear about drone deliveries, but that's because of the current concept you have with drones. Let's
0: start back with, like, the idea and then the practical application of that idea. So when you started the company... How did you envision drone delivery working? And then flash me to how is it working today?
1: It's pretty similar to how we envisioned it at the beginning. The technical solution has gone through dozens of different iterations. But at the end, we knew that people care about the quality. They want to get their food hot. And of course, in an orderly fashion, they're not mixed up in in the bag. And they're very sensitive about the uh, the pricing. Both restaurants and the end customers, both today are paying a hefty amount for on-demand delivery. So with those simple basic understandings, we began our journey. And every part of the way was, how do I iterate it to make it more affordable, to make sure that the food arrives in an orderly fashion, in a high quality to the end customer, without irritating anyone? Neither the customer, the restaurant, and not the fellow neighbors who would like to enjoy a quiet evening and would not love to hear a few lawnmowers flying above them every five minutes.
0: So what does the Indian experience look like? We'll start as a customer. And so what does the customer journey look like? They order through the restaurant and then what happens next?
1: So basically you have the two options, just like with DoorDash and Uber Eats and those guys. We offer two options. It's either on our mobile app, on our marketplace, or through the restaurant website. Once an order arrives, the restaurants prepare it as they're used to. And basically, they don't have to do anything in a different way. We have a local runner who just grabs the uh, the order from the restaurant, just like it is today. But that runner has to walk like 20 feet or 200 feet to the delivery station. And all it does is install the package in the drone and press a button on the tablet. And the system automatically takes it from there. There's no one piloting the drone or watching a real-time video feed. There are no cameras on board the drone for privacy issues. And that way, you know, the drones will not take a, an image of you or your backyard. We don't have any cameras installed. The drones take off. You get a notification. And you will know... The estimated time of arrival by the second, almost second until the, the drone arrives. The drone then hovers more than 80 feet above your backyard. So it's pretty quiet. We don't land in your backyard and the drones are designed for the suburban environment where the noise levels aren't that high. It's pretty quiet out there. And then we will re- lower the package on a tether, on a wire to the ground and we release it automatically. But even if you're under the drone pulling the wire, we just release the wire and fly back. And safety-wise, the system is being approved by the FAA to handle the average job, the avid engineer in mind.
0: So how many runners are allocated to how many restaurants? So that guy that comes and pulls the food, how many restaurants is he serving at one time?
1: I'll put it that way. A system with two to three people can make Dozens of deliveries per hour. It's an order of magnitude more efficient than using on demand delivery couriers, especially in the suburbs where everything is, it costs more. You have to use a car. You can't use a bicycle and you cannot optimize because the population restaurant density isn't high enough. So it's just a much better experience for everybody involved. I like to say that this system is a basically a win win situation for everybody who is involved versus a lose-lose situation as it is today.
0: I have a couple of like granular questions for you. So I know that like the average delivery driver can make two to four deliveries per hour. How many can flytrucks
1: make? So he might make four deliveries in downtown San Francisco or Manhattan. If we're talking about the suburbs, usually it's like two deliveries per hour. You take the same guy and give him a one-week training to operate our system. And really, if you've got a driver's license, you are overqualified to operate my system. (laughs) Think about what you have to do when you're driving. You're driving a one ton car at up to 55 miles per hour for 10 hours a day with people all around you. That's scary. If you snooze, you might hit someone. In our system, they don't even have to put the point on a map. They just have to install the package, and the system alerts them if they don't install it right, and just press a button, and the system does everything automatically. So. A single flightex operator can handle five to ten deliveries an hour. Oh, wow. Yeah. And a runner has to do like just, he does a milk run. where We set up our station in a shopping center, and then we can support a dozen of restaurants in that shopping center. And that runner can go and grab three, four orders at a time. He never waits. He just brings the ready orders to the station and does it again.
0: And if we're flashing forward, let's say, five years, 10 years, who do you think is your major competitor? Is it going to be autonomous automobiles?
1: If you think about it, our skies are pretty empty. So the technological problem of flying versus driving in an autonomous way, it's a lot easier to fly. Now, if you're talking about ground-based vehicles, then, you know, you've got the ones who are driving really slowly on the pedestrian sidewalk. So that's not a good hamburger delivery. It might be good for mm. a two-hour grocery delivery, but at three miles per hour, I mean, that's not the right solution. If you're talking about a car that drives on the road, that's already like 10 times more expensive than my vehicle. And then right. you'll have to approach the car and the car has to wait for you to approach it, retrieve your order. It's not going to drop it and continue driving. So it's just not a good solution as a drone. What's your radius? Currently, we can deliver to a radius, our vehicles can deliver to a radius of up to three miles. We're working Mm -hmm. on a new system that will be able to fly even further. Regulatory-wise, in our current stations, we can fly up to one mile until we have our federal certification, and then we'll be able to fly to further distances.
0: And then can it fly up to, let's say, three miles? How long does that delivery take? That's like three to, three
1: to four minutes. It's really fast. Oh, my God. Yeah, we fly in straight lines, no stop signs, no traffic lights, no traffic jams. We just fly in straight lines, lower the package, and fly back home.
0: And so if a restaurant was interested in this, what are the associated costs relative to say, DoorDash Drive or something like that?
1: So I can tell you that we have contracts with more than a few restaurant chains, national ones. And once they hear our offer, they usually don't even negotiate. They're very happy with our offering. As I said, we're here to make it a win-win to everybody. I know that restaurants paying a hefty amount to delivery companies these days, up to 30%, which is crazy. Nobody is making 30% margin on <laughs> in the restaurant world. And Correct. we're basically offering a delivery that makes sense for everybody.
0: And you're currently in North Carolina in the U.S.?
1: Correct. We currently have three stations in the raleigh Durham area. We have a station in Fayetteville, in Rayford, and in Holly Springs.
0: Why North Carolina?
1: So when we started the FAA program, we partnered with the North Carolina DOT. And so far, the experience of working with both the FAA and the NC DOT has been amazing. And part of the reason local governmental agencies are interested in working with us is to push their own deliveries forward. So... We're hiring a lot of people to work for us in North Carolina, so it's a win-win for both sides.
0: What does growth look like?
1: You've got more than 80 million backyards in the U.S. or uh, single-family detached homes. That's roughly two-thirds of the U.S. population. So if you think about on-demand deliveries today, most of the traffic is being done in major cities, but uh, that's actually the niche market, the minority. Most of the market is where it's a lot harder to perform those on-demand deliveries. We're talking about hundreds, if not thousands, of stations set up in shopping centers, servicing the suburban area around them.
0: And so you've mentioned backyards multiple times. Is there a limitation to where you can deliver? I'm assuming apartment complexes are
1: out. So it's just the user experience isn't that good. If you have a backyard and I just tell you, you know, grab the order from your backyard instead of your front door, It's apples to apples or almost apples to apples. You know, you're chilling out in your apartment, watching Netflix after a day's work. You don't want to get dressed, go to the elevator, greet your neighbor, exit the building, wait for the drone. It's not a great user experience to have. Having said that, in some of the stations that we're currently servicing, there are a few, uh, you know, two to three stores, apartment buildings. And we actually set up a few points surrounding those uh, locations, and we're actually getting orders from them as well. So maybe we're we're wrong, and people uh, appreciate the food getting faster and warmer to their mouth.
0: (laughs) What are the drawbacks? What are the problems that you're currently seeing with the process that you guys are working to remedy?
1: So we're doing a few things. You can think about Flytex as a few companies in one. We're manufacturing our own drones, according to FAs certification and regulatory requirements. We have our own fleet management system that enables those drones to fly in an autonomous way in the national airspace. We have a logistical system for handling all the different orders. And then we have our APIs for the restaurants and our own marketplace. So in each one of those fronts, there are a lot of things that we have to make right, starting from passing through all the regulatory hoops as it should be, there are a lot of requirements that we have to satisfy because, you know, it's in everybody's interest to make sure that our skies are as safe as they are today. In terms of the customers, at the end, I have to provide an excellent service for my customer. Otherwise, it's not going to matter. He's not going to use me. And then you've got everything in the middle. Who's your customer? That's a great question. It's both the end customer who's using my marketplace but it's also the restaurant.
0: Well, and that's really the question is, how do you reconcile that? Because both stakeholders have very different needs. And I mean, you've seen with third-party delivery that they've struggled to reconcile those needs,
1: right? So here's the need. Today, everybody's fighting one another because using humans is, for on demand is just crazy. You are driving a human being in a one-ton car from one place to the next to deliver a quarter pounder. It's funny, but once it becomes a win-win and restaurants are able to profit from those on-demand deliveries and I can increase the demand for those restaurants, then as long as there's more demand for the restaurant, it's a win-win situation. I'm just another lead for orders.
0: And when an order comes in, I'm curious, do you guys supply the software that decides whether it goes to a driver or whether it goes to the drone? based on whether it's a single family home or whether it's an apartment?
1: So if it's from our own marketplace, then we know we're the drone delivery company. So it's uh, with drones. With the restaurant chains, we're currently working on integration. Then basically, once you type in your address, their systems in the background verify with our systems if that address is supported for drone delivery. And if it does, You can choose either a human courier or a drone delivery.
0: So based in North Carolina, the next milestone is what? Getting approval from one mile to three miles?
1: So that approval is on a federal level. Uh Currently, we're working on a few other stations. We're growing a bit slow because we have to ramp up the operational side of things. We're working on marketing, on onboarding more restaurants. Until now, for the past four years or so, Flightrex was mostly focused on technology regulations. That's what we had to do to make sure that the system is safe and is good for a national rollout. Now we're ramping up operations in a pretty slow way. But once we know the certification is coming, then we'll start spreading stations as fast as we can.
0: What does that look like? Where do you want to hit next? What are the markets you're looking at to grow to?
1: So I can't go into that, but we're looking (laughs) at a few different states. It's interesting because usually the on-demand companies, they like to start in the deep urban area, Mm -hmm. in downtowns, because that's where the population density is maximal and they can show that it works. Sure. We, on the other hand, can go to a typical suburban area. So most of the US is open for us.
0: Well, the spirit of the question is, let's assume the people are listening and they want to get involved in this, right? So I'm based out of Southern California. Is this Mm -hmm. days away? Is this weeks away? Is this years away? How long is it going to take this thing to scale nationally?
1: Well, actually, we have a, uh, one of our customers is El Pollo Loco. It was published a few months ago, and Mm -hmm. we are working with them in the Southern California area but it's not open for the public yet. But hopefully, if you're in Southern California, you might be enjoying drone deliveries faster than you could believe. (laughs) And in each one of our stations, even if you're out of range, there's always a public spot that enables you to make an order to, you know, even if you're out of range, you can just come and experience drone deliveries on your own to that public location.
0: What do you think restaurant owners and operators should know about this service and services like this as it relates to what the future of the restaurant industry looks like?
1: So our goal is really to be a win-win situation for everybody. So for me, I'd like to make sure that restaurants understand that we're here to make, help them grow and we're not here to take all their profits and then some above it as well. It's not a sustainable business. It's not going to work. And we understand that. And using drones, we can actually fulfill on that.
0: You're a dreamer. I mean, you sent an unmanned spacecraft to the moon (laughs) privately. And restaurant owners are dreamers as well. Typically, Mm -hmm. the way it works is we look at an empty restaurant that someone else couldn't make work, and we see our future in that, whereas it should be seen probably by a more practical person as a warning. We look at it and we see opportunity. We have an optimistic yeah, Usually, experience.
1: Yeah, and usually it's an all-in <laughs> oh, kind of I, a uh, moment. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: And I think there are a lot of parallels there. And so I'm curious, as someone sitting from a place that envisioned a different future than I think most people saw, do you have any advice for the other dreamers out there? Any words of encouragement you'd like to offer?
1: Well, I like to say that being the CEO of both SpaceL and FlightX. Hundreds of, if not thousands of people told me, no, they're not willing to donate to IL or invest in Flightrex. At the end, all that matters is the people who tell you yes. And as long as it's not your parents who tell you yes, if you've got someone who can support you and can run with you, then you can get started. And that's how we started both in IL as well as Flytrex. Once there is uh, someone who believes in your vision, then that's an amazing step forward.
0: That's Yarv Bash. For more on Flytrex, visit flytrex.com. If you want to tell us your story, hear previous episodes or check out our other content, go to restaurants.yelp.com forward slash full comp. Thank you so much for listening to the show. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave us a review. A special thanks to Yelp for helping us spread the word to the whole hospitality community. I'm Josh Kopel. You've been listening to Full Comp.